And welcome back to the RC Total Sports Podcast. I am your host, RC Jr., along with my co-host today, Mr. Brandywine himself, Terry Bohr. We are coming to you from the Tans Down Under recording studio here in the 49120. Terry, are you heading south by chance for spring break? Or? No, I'm, I'm not. I'm sticking I mean, you on. are looking a little pale, though, so if, if, you, if you need some color... Track starts in a week. I'm sure I'll, I'll color it. Okay. Or if you're planning on a spring break or whatever, you need a little base coat, go down and see Stephanie and her, and her crew down there at Tans Down Under, proud sponsor of our new podcast. Check us out on the social media world at Facebook and also on X, the social media artist formerly known as Twitter, at both at RC Total Sports Podcast. We're on all the major podcast platforms, so please do us a favor. Give us a five-star rating to help promote this podcast, which today... We're going to be talking about um, pretty much basketball, kind of regroup, uh, re, uh, recouping the regular season as we're officially entering, even though it's the second to last day of February, we're entering March Madness this week with boys districts and then girls will start next week. So we're going to kind of recap the uh, regular season and then talk uh, and really talk about uh, specific or mainly for our Brandywine teams. We're also going to talk a little bit about Niles and Buchanan also, but you and I both, obviously, especially you, Mr. Bobcat, as uh, you have basically lived and breathed the Brandywine Bobcats your entire career, and now you are retired. Um, so I guess feeding off that, I know on my last podcast, you know, I, I kind of took the time to thank everybody. And, you know, I actually had to thank you two or three times because we've actually kind of had quite the journey. Um, you know, it started out at WNIL when you were the head coach, uh, you know, talking to you during Coach's Corner when you and Joe Austin would run our our tab up at the Starbucks Cafe there at the side door deli. I, I still blame Joe. He he got me hooked on those things. But uh, and then obviously, um, then brought you along once I started coaching varsity football when Mike Nate brought me up. And then obviously I wasn't able to broadcast on Friday night, so Dennis kind of took my role, and then you stepped in and took Dennis's role as a color commentator. And as I said, you guys really clicked. You've done a phenomenal job, and then. This past year, you and I have got to kind of team up together. Started in basketball during the tournament last year, and then yeah, when I when I kind of the most excited <laughs> I've ever seen you in, in my entire life when the boys won the semi or uh, the quarterfinal, going to the final four. Um, that'll be a moment that I will never forget either in my broadcasting career. That I was stepped awesome. on your toes a little bit there. You Tony Romo'd me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh geez. <laughs> So anyway, but thank you. Uh, obviously going to have you joining. I asked you to, you know, help co-host this podcast, and so I'm looking forward to it. Um, there'll be times where it'll be you. Might have RC Jr. or RC3, I should RC3. say. I am RC Jr. And uh, we'll have him all, also. He, he did a fantastic job this Yes, he did. Fall. Yes, he did. a lot of fun with him. Yes. Um, and, and like I said, um, honestly, if – if he wasn't moving away, he's he's planning on moving to Grand Rapids here in the very near future. And um, if if that wasn't the case, um, probably would have kept that going, you know, because I would would have loved to have seen him slowly transition. Him yeah. being the main voice, um, and just me helping out whenever I can and, and mentor him. But he's doing his own thing, and and I'm completely proud of him for that. And you know, to each its own. So, uh, before we get started, I do have to reflect back on my last podcast, obviously when you get to be the age that we are and in a podcast like that, where you're trying to thank so many people, you are obviously going to forget to mention some people and not going to lie, actually recording that I did. I even had people's names written down. And then in the middle of, in the, in the middle of um, recording it, I just, got sidetracked and I forgot long story short after it was all done and I'm listening back to it after I've already promoted it you know and I know that people have already listened to it I'm like oh my gosh I forgot this and I forgot that and I'm sure I'll probably listen to it again I'll probably there's probably some even though I'm going to rectify some of the ones that I forgot today um, but first one um, when I went back and I reflected on the businesses you know all the business people that help support um, RC Sportscasting during the day and never said no to me. How I let this one slip out of my mind, I have no idea because it was an anchor in our football broadcast with the Shelton Red Zone, Shelton's Farm Markets. Yeah. And so, Mike and Nick, I'm so sorry because you guys are just as 
important and I'm so grateful to you guys as I am to all the other ones that I so apologize for forgetting to mention you because you guys without without Shelton's there would have been it would have been impossible to do Brandywine Bodcast. It's probably one of those you had written down and you were talking about I did. all the others and wanted to say something special about them. Yes. And got going and then forgot to go back to it. I you do that all the time. I stuff. do that all and that's but, what happens. But now when they're you, getting their special uh, you know Yeah, they're getting their special, special thank you. Thank you. And, and, and they deserve it. And then the other individual that I completely forgot about, and I had his name written down, but I had it all mixed in because I was when I went over coaches, I had I just wrote all the coaches down, and I kind of kept bouncing back and forth because some of them was just who the coaches I dealt with from a broadcasting standpoint, and then I had the ones that I actually coached with, and they were all kind of intertwined with each other, mm-hmm. and I forgot to mention Sexy Rexy, Rex Pomranka, who I obviously I coached a long time with, along with Howard and Duckett with Mike Nate. So, Rexy, I'm so sorry. Um, obviously, he's the head wrestling coach as well, so – I strongly apologize. No, nothing was intended for that. Just completely. I literally had his name written down on my list. And like I said, I just, I got mixed up. That's what 51 year old guys do. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm 10 years older than that. We want to make a, since you brought him up, we, we might as well bring that stuff. Yeah. Up, before right? we get into basketball, since yeah. we're, we'll, we'll kind of segue with sexy Rexy being the head wrestling coach and talk about the Brandywine wrestlers who uh, we had three wrestlers that we really want to pay tribute to school record three, three regional champions i think is what they said so uh, all of them qualifying for state um gavin Schof. i don't know what weight classes these kids are i'm sorry but i know gavin is ranked number one in yes his and got the number one seed caden wreath got the number four seed he finished first at regionals first at district um and maddie ward who will be wrestling in the girls division uh you'll have to pardon my dog <laughs> So just just bear with us, folks. As we as I have a, a Labrador that's walking circles around us here at the broadcast table, and uh, having a little digestive issue. Hopefully, it won't th- throw up on our on our new rug. But anyway, go ahead. Wouldn't be the first time, right? You had to deal. Um, Maddie is is wrestling in the girls' division, which I think started a couple of years ago at MHSAA, and she's ranked number two, and seated number two, and uh, she's wrestled the other girl I think once and. <laughs> Had a real close match with her. Um, I think she's pretty confident she might be able to get her this weekend. And I think that's this Saturday because a team was last Saturday. So this Saturday they'll be wrestling. I was actually talking to some guys at work this week about Maddie and, and what she had done. And, and then we started just started talking about it's unbelievable how much women's wrestling has just exploded in the state of Michigan. Yeah. And when you just go across the state line and you compare that to Indiana, but – you know, when you get across Indiana, they the girls have so much other options because you obviously you have basketball, you have cheerleading, but then they also a lot of schools in Indiana have gymnastics and they also have swimming. Those are all like winter time sports. Where in Michigan, you don't. It's basketball or cheerleading or nothing. Well, there's some areas that have uh, swimming and stuff like that, but we don't. You know, we have not. They're more like that. Yeah. they're more like co-op clubs. Yes. Yep. Yep. Or up in the Grand Rapids area, the big school area where they have pools their school so um but Maddie she's such a, a great athlete she she ran track for me as a freshman and I think let's see she's a junior last year she she gave it up a little bit because she was so involved in wrestling all over the country and stuff like that national tournaments and things like that but uh she also ran cross country and and I tell you she really her times came down so much she she really turned into a very athletic young lady and and a, I think she's going to do very well. She placed in the state, I know, last year, as did Gavin. I think Caden, I am not. I, I don't know if he placed last year. Not positive. So hopefully all, four, all three of them do a really good job and, and looking forward to hearing how they do. It's awesome. You know, and, and going on with Maddie, obviously she's the, uh, the younger sister of Marty Ward, of course, yeah. was uh, not too bad of a football player for the Bobcats for a little bit of a while. He had the all-time rushing record for a little bit. Yep. You know, it, it lasted for so long, you know, and then Marty finally broke it, and then he had it for until Jordan Abrams came along, and then Jordan broke it. So his his reign wasn't as long um, as, as you know, it was before Marty broke it. But I think that's cool, and, and best of luck to all three of them. So that is awesome. Records are out there to be broken. As Absolutely. Well, let's talk a little hoops. Um, Terry, what a winter it has been, especially when you look at for, for two first, starting with Brandywine, when you talk about the Bobcats, both programs, boys and girls, you've been 
you've been a teacher and a coach at Brandywine since Jesus, I think, roamed the earth. <laughs> um, have you ever seen where both programs, it, it seemed like for the entire season, they were both ranked in the top five in the state. Some ranked, some poll, depending on what polls you look at, some polls they've been ranked number one, two, three, but they've been legitimately, consistently, both programs ranked in the top five the entire year. Oh, yeah. They, they've done such a fantastic. The only time I, I – and when the girls made it to the semifinals under Dave Raider back in the day, that's back when, no, they had girls in the fall, boys yes. in the winter. Yes, I don't remember how – I don't remember what boys team we had then, and I don't know how good they were. I don't – you know, it's been a long time, but – uh yeah, I never remember both programs. Other than last year, both of them really good. Last year, unfortunately, though, we were up against Buchanan, who had a really tough girls program. And uh, so this year, it's, you know, knock on wood, you know, we have potential. We have potential uh, to really go far, maybe get both of them to the Breslin. That's what we're hoping for. Is now, is the girls back up the Breslin this yeah, year? Is yeah. that why? Is that reason why the boys started their season a week before? You, you know, was, that's what I thought, but I think – Or is that a rotating I thing? I think they just started rotating it is what I kind of – Because not, for the last no, the couple of years, the last, the last couple of seasons, the girls have been like at Calvin, haven't they? Just last year, I think, because okay. the week they were going to have the uh, – the girls' finals was the NCAA, uh, Michigan State hosted them, so the big tournament. So they couldn't have, they didn't have time, they didn't have a space for them. So last year they were at Calvin, um, and I think now though I think you're right. I think it's going to be a rotating girls one year, boys the next year, first first stuff like that. So, well, talking um, obviously with the boys and and they're being their district, they're actually playing tonight as we're recording this podcast. Um, in the district semifinal, but reflecting back on their regular season, I think it really started right off the get-go as you had Niles coming into the Bobcat Den to kind of kick off the season, and, you know, that place was packed. Um, and they pretty much, you know, made their statement early. And then to come to find out, as we saw the regular season unfold, Niles has got a hell of a basketball team too. Miles Busby yeah, has had a hell a of a year. Job. He's done a great job. Um, really, I've kind of come full gamut with him because I remember broadcasting his games as a player. I coached him in at football, and yeah. that's when I was coaching over there. So I've known him since since that time. But they only have a handful of losses. One of them to us, they just lost to Benton Harbor last week at the buzzer. Um, and you know, looking at their district, uh, they they walloped Dewajak, um Monday night. They're going to play. Barian tonight going to be the same. Might even be a worse result. I mean, I'm, no disrespect to Barian, but they just. They just, you know. Marion's got one fantastic player, but, you know. I just don't think they're going to be enough for the Vikings, and I think it's going. And then. Um, Benton Harbor Lakeshore play. Yes. And the rematch. And Lakeshore almost. I watched that film before we played Benton Harbor. Lakeshore almost had them. Uh, they were in the game the whole way. And then Benton Harbor went on that run, the 6, 8, 10-point run, and, and kind of got up 6, 8 points, and Lakeshore couldn't recover in the, in the fourth quarter. So. You but know, if you're not. a betting man, I think it all all signs are pointing to a rematch between Niles and Benton Harbor Friday night for the district championship, and I think that would be huge. And I, you know, who knows? I mean, I think Niles has got a legit shot. They yeah. really do. They've had a great year. And I asked my dad this too, and I and I haven't really. I should have probably asked Matt Brawley, um, you know, this week to to get a, a definite answer. But I don't ever remember in all my years of covering Niles and Brandywine and Buchanan. And even as a kid with, with my dad covering Niles, I don't think that – I'm wondering if Niles has ever won the co- a conference championship in both football and in men's basketball in the same year. I, I don't remember. I've been around here for 30-some years, 38 years. And during my time, I don't remember that. But I, obviously, I didn't follow them as much. But, you know, they were in another conference, too, for a while. So it made it even tougher in that conference they were in. So I doubt that they ever have, other than – you know, back in the 50s and 40s. You yeah. Know, some really great Niles teams. Back you know, then. and now as we're sitting here talking about Niles and with their football team, now, as I said, there will be other people that I'm going to come to – it's going to hit me that I forgot to mention in my thank you podcast. I'm already th- – boom, two individuals already hit my head, and that is Scott Shaw, the current football coach who I got to meet and got to know really well doing Coach's Corner this past fall. Great guy. What a, an amazing job he's done. Um, and then also Mark Fry at Buchanan. Even though – our rivals, you know, the kids, the a lot of the parents and the players, you know, they they don't. There's a lot of friction and animosity there, but I tell you what, 
Mark Fry is one of the nicest guys you're ever going to meet. Super, super nice guy, and he's done a phenomenal job, great job at Buchanan, and uh, wish him all the best as well. So I, I also needed to thank him. Yeah. But, uh, but go, yeah, going back to, to Niles, I mean, what a fall it's been. I mean, they've just got that special group of guys, you know, walking them halls right now. they got some stud athletes that can, you know, and I'm sure they're going to probably be halfway decent in baseball uh, coming up in the spring. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm really happy for Miles. You know, Miles has put in. He's This is what his, I think his second full-time year. I think yeah, he sure kind of came in with Tui stepping down, I think, the year before that or a couple years ago. I think he kind of took over. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to say. Maybe third or I'm, yeah, I'm wanting to say that that Miles like kind of took over. I think Tui stepped down in the middle of the season, or like not at the quite at the end to where then Busby finished, or it might have even been playoffs. I'm not sure. But then I think last year was his first full season. Um, who knows? And then speaking of, you know, on the flip side, you know, with with Niles girls basketball, they're they've been down on hard times, and a lot of it I think it's just you know the, the talent pool. I think is you know it's it's been bare a little bit. They made a change at coach. They've got Sarah Workman, formerly maiden name Dreer. Sarah, I remember broadcasting her game back in the day with when she played with Brandy Ratty and, and Amber Peters. I mean, those with under Jim Arnold. I mean, them were some fun times too. Speaking of a name, Jim Arnold. Yeah, yeah. I mean, legend. That was that was some fun times too. Covering some of those in the early two thousands, those Lady Vikings. They made several runs as well. It's like it was almost every year they got to the region. They just couldn't get past that regional championship game. Is where they would always hit that that block roadblock i got to coach against jim quite a few times because girls and boys were different and he coached freshman boys so we'd always have a game or so with with niles and stuff like that and he he was a good coach he had some good teams and we had some good battles a lot of fun great guy too yeah and, and when you look specifically at sarah sarah was probably one of the scrappiest players um you know she looks you know, she looks like a sweetheart out on the basketball floor, but I tell you what, you don't want to mix mix it up with her because she's feisty, she's mean, and she's like one of the scrappiest. Because then I remember when I, then once I that was obviously in my NIL days, and then once I started the online thing and kind of more kind of predominantly brandy wines. Once my kids were in school there, then I started covering the Lady Cats, and then that's the first person that ever made me think of her of Sarah that reminded me was Maddie Pello. Oh, Madison yeah. Pello was yep. played exactly like that. Um, so it's, but going back to Sarah, this is her first year as a coach and I ran into her dad, Gary. Um, and at the gym one, this was probably about a month ago. And I just asked him, I said, Hey, I said, how's Sarah handling this? Because I know the competitor that Sarah is. And he's like, man, he says, Robbie says it's, I, we talked about it. She's like, dad, I'm literally teaching the game of basketball to varsity basketball players. That's the current state right now to where – but she's going to get it going. I mean, both her and Miles, they just – my opinion, as I said in the podcast, if you want to learn, if you're if you're a brand-new head coach, varsity head coach, no matter what kind of program you run, and if you want to see an a almost perfect blueprint, look no further than our two coaches at Brandywine yeah. and Josh Hood and Nate Knapp as far as how they have their whole feeder system – you know, all the way down to elementary kids. And I know Niles, they do a lot with the YMCA, but I still think that the coaches, I'm not saying exclude the Y, but I think that I think that both like Sarah and Miles need to get a bigger handprint on that program because that's predominantly it's, all their kids. The, the first time I became a defensive coordinator, the first time I became a head football coach, first thing I did is I went and visited Denny Dock at Lakeshore and Denny sat down with me for a long time and we discussed things and he was a great resource and that's exactly what you need to do you need to go find out where good people are doing things and learn from them you know and, and all coaches love to talk about their programs and and give you ideas and give you hints and and things like that especially if they're not playing you but even if they're playing you you know uh, we, we love to share and if a coach doesn't say they steal from other people. They're, they're lying because right. we all steal from everybody. So we try to get ideas and, and, and things from people. So I definitely suggest that. And I'll tell you, um, I won't take any credit, but both our boys and girls coach, they both played for me as freshmen. <laughs> so, But uh, really the person that Josh, I think, learned the most from is Malin Lowry. Yeah. Malin is – and Frank Stanley, believe it or not, a former athletic director and coach at Brandywine – who I know Josh keeps in contact with. And, um, I know, you know, he learned a lot 
about the human aspect of coaching from Frank and, and the X's and O's and how to run a program, how to run a practice, and things like that from Malin. Um, and Malin, rest in peace. But uh, Malin was a good guy. I coached under him for a couple of years at the varsity level. The thing, that, assistant. the thing that's always stood out to me with both Josh and Nate and, and that I respect and, and I feel like that I tried to kind of model them from watching them when I got into coaching and is – because I've seen the opposite to where what I don't like is seeing the head coaches. I, I, I'm totally in for hardcore discipline. And, you know, when kids are screwing up, you got to lay your, you know, you got to put the foot up the butt, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of times. And I'm all for that. But at the same time, you have to equally, when they do something good, you have to be, you have to give an equal amount of praise as you do discipline, hard-nosed, tough discipline as well. And both Josh and Nate do – there's nobody that's going to be meaner and yell more and get into their players' grill more than them two. But at the same time, when that same player that messed up in the first quarter and then they make a big shot or whatever and they do something really good, say in the third quarter, the first person that's going to give them a big bear hug is Josh or Nate, depending on which team we're talking about. People don't see all that that just come to games. They just hear a coach out there yelling. Yes. And, and Josh, a lot of it, they hear him yelling, but he's yelling instructions. Yes. And he's yelling a name because he wants that person, no, you're supposed to be someplace, or, or hey, step it up a little bit, or, or whatever. And, and But they don't see when when that person's having a bad time, maybe in school or whatever, their arm around them and, and talking to them and things like that. And I, I agree. When, uh, when Nate was hired, uh, I was on the committee to hire him, and, and the biggest reason – I thought Nate would fit in at Brandywine is because he's a Bobcat. Same thing with Josh. They're both Bobcats. They love Brandywine. Something I've, you know, for 38 years, I've really become a Bobcat. And the other thing that people don't see, too, that that just come to the game, they don't see, obviously, Josh, assistant principal, you know, he's been an employee of of the school for a long time, and now Nate is as well. You're not seeing how these, how both of them interact with the kids, not just their basketball players, right. but all oh, the kids. students of yeah. Brandywine and yeah. see how they, the positive influence that they have as either an educator or an administrator walking the halls for all kids. And I think if you, if you, look and you've at, seen that obviously oh, yeah. firsthand. Yeah. If you look at Nate's career, you know, they, uh, one of the TV stations talked about his first half of his career and then the second half, how it's changed. I think Nate changed a little bit too. I think Nate realized I have to be tougher on the kids, and he became tougher on the kids. Tougher that he pushed them harder and realized he could get more out of the kids, which is what the kids need, you know. Yes, and a lot of kids want that. Yeah, absolutely, you know. And that's the hardest thing, I I will tell you, when I took over the football program from Jim Myers, that was the hardest thing. Where's – Well, and and, and in your – your specific situation, and, I, and I've seen it so many times to where, where you have an assistant, because normally in a, in a program, like let's just say football, for example, you have the head coach who normally, your typical program, the head coach is, is the hard ass. He's the one that administers. He's the bad guy. He's the bad cop, and your assistant coaches are the good cop. So yeah. in this situation, you've been the good cop for so many years, and then when you get promoted, now you're the head coach, and you might have some, and obviously you're going to have some of the same kids that are on your team that are now older, mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden they're used, they're still wanting you to be, and you can't do that all the time. No. And I see so many head coaches that you can't, you can't be their buddy. And it's f- not your job to be their buddy, to be their friend. You are their, you are their football. You're, you're their head coach. It's, it's more like you're their and, parent. And football's tougher because you have to rely on your assistants so much. But like you're talking about, your assistants. One of the things they can do is. Go to that kid and find out what's really going on because that kid's going to talk to the assistant coach. Yes. May not talk to the head coach. Yes. But you gotta you got to balance that, you know, and it's it's not always easy. No, it is not. Not it at all. It is not easy at all. But, it, you know, and it, and it works in life too. You know, if you're, if you're a, a supervisor or a foreman boss in the, in the business world, you can't – and I've learned that the hard way. I'm both – from the sports world and in the work world, yeah. you can't be buddy buddies – with the people that work for you because sometimes things happen and that you discipline disciplinary actions have to come across and then bad things happen from that. So, you know, I've talked with Jim Sanford, former coach at Lakeshore athletic director at Lakeshore, and we've talked about coaching and things like that. And I think one of his biggest moves was going from his first year to his second year. 
and, and I won't say the name, but I think he went to a young man that caused him issues and said, don't come out because he knew it was just going to be bad, you know. And and he said, you know, Terry, you, you can't save every kid. Yeah. You can't, you know. You, you, but at the you same try, time, you, you can't. You wanna, but you can't give, give up. You can't either. tell a kid to not come out because sometimes some kids, that's – they need that. They need, you know, they have a bad home life or yeah. what have you. This, this kid, though, that some he kids told, need. He ended up twenty-five and and won that year. Yeah. So, I think he made the right move because I think that kid would have caused, might have caused some issues with the yeah. program. So, talking about the boys, yeah. um, you know, they, you know, as far as the tournament goes, obviously they're going to play. Um, looking in the in the Division Three district, it's being held at White Pigeon, um, only. Uh, six teams were in it, so they just had one game. Five, on Mon- only five. Yeah, one game on Monday night. That was Buchanan and Bridgman. The Bucks win that seventy to sixty-one, so they advance. They're playing Brandywine tonight. Uh, this is obviously Wednesday, March twenty-eighth, as we record this. Um, and then on the other side of the bracket, it's White Pigeon and Cassopolis. So, and then the winners will um, will square off Friday night. Obviously, you don't want to look ahead, um, and no disrespect to Buchanan, but I. I've, they always I've scare seen, you. I've seen, I've watched, obviously, I've watched Reed. I think, Reed, as I said in my podcast, Reed, I believe Reed's first year as the varsity head coach was my first year when I started at WNIL. So I've, my entire time that I've broadcasted, I've, I've seen a lot of Reed McBeth's basketball teams. This is one of the more downer teams. And this is no disrespect to the kids he's got. I mean, but... As Bill Parcells would always say, you are what your record says you are. And, yeah. and, and so when you look at their record and, um, you know, all signs point towards this should be an easy victory for Brandywine tonight. But as my dad always would say, when you have two arch rivals, you kind of have to throw the records out the window. And we've already played twice. They, you know, the whole – it's and, hard. And to, they've already played in the district, which I didn't understand. I don't understand how they draw this because we've got the number one seed. Yet we're playing a team that's already played in a district, and a number two seed's playing a team that hasn't played in a district yet. I, it should have been, I, but that's MHSA stuff, and I don't understand that. And I never understand them. But, but yeah, we're playing the Bucks, and it's you, you never, you never, you never know. know. I mean, because we should have beat them a couple of years ago, and we could not hit the broadside of a barn. Yep. over at Buchanan and lost. Well, I talked to Nate earlier today, and that's the first thing that he brought oh, up. Yeah. So he, he's he's got and the a, kids know that too. He's got a good memory, and and that's the thing. I mean, and that's going to be the advantage of having a senior led. You know, that's you know we, when we talk about this year's team, we only lost one guy, Michael Michael Palmer, which was a huge loss Big because that yes, that yes. was the heart and soul. That was the he kind of had all. Was he the most talented? Basketball player, no, but he had what you want to call the intangibles, the Tim Tebow's. Yeah, you know that's what Michael brought. I mean, no, don't get me wrong. Defensively, I mean, he wasn't going to score twenty points tonight for you. He was doing all his work like on the defensive side and with assists and stuff. From a and he production and standpoint, he bought off all, four or five minutes. But all the kids, and, all the yeah. kids fed off yep. of Michael and his energy. That was my biggest thing. Yes, even though we only lost one individual from last year's team, that was a very Michael is one of them special people, you know, and I always said that with all, and I coach Michael all the way up through football. And, you know, and as you know, you come across a lot of athletes where you always hope as a coach to have an impact on, on your players' lives. But every now and then you have kids that come through that have an impact on you. Yeah. Michael is definitely was one of those kids that had a huge impact on me. I just, I love him to death, you know, love him like my own. He, and He's off at trying. He texted me the other day. He said, hey, coach, I am going to run track this spring. So I was – Pretty honored that he, you know, he texted me and let me know. He says, uh, "Hopefully, I get a chance sometime in the spring to go watch him run at train." So, but, but yeah, Michael is a special kid. And but you talk about this group of kids; they've been in so many games where it took that that edge, that senior, that knowing how to win. Where they've, you know, just a couple weeks or a week or so ago, at Jackson, yes, Lumen Christie up at K College, they found a way to win. Patton Harbor down twenty. No, oh, we're going to talk about that okay. game. We're going to we're going to we're going to you know, designate a special part of this <laughs> podcast specifically to talk about that okay. game because what a night that was. That'll e- be another e- night. That even I'll the never first forget. game against Niles, they found a way to win. You know, uh, they they have found that they have that intangible that you talk about. Yeah. So hopefully that 
keeps going, you know. Let's just hope they come in to go into tonight not taking the win for granted because all it takes all it takes is for Buchanan to hit a couple threes. Yeah, and they've got know, a kid that can do that. You know, and, and if you get up by, you know, six, eight points, then all of a sudden now you're now it's now it's a mental thing. And now that you, you kind of then then you're now you're trying to press and force things. So yeah. um, you know, it's I, I like I said, I don't want to like foresee things and just give an automatic win, but um, all signs, you know, point to the Bobcats should prevail tonight and get into the district championship. White Pigeon and Cash, you probably know more about them too. I mean, who who would you think's favored in that game? I mean, record wise, you want to say White, White Pigeon. Pigeon? I think they they only have four losses, but who have they played? Yeah, well, they've they've played in the same conference, haven't they? Those two are they in the yes? So that that's kind of a toss up. Uh, I guarantee you they have had nowhere near the level of competition no, that what Brandywine's no, played. No, that's one thing that but it's both on their Nate home floor. and Josh have done is they, they really ramped up. The one the thing that they will obviously have, in the, if they should win tonight, and then it's, let's just predict that it's them and Brandywine Friday night for the district championship, but it's on their gym. They're going to have that place freaking loud. They're gonna All their people are going to file in. It's going to be loud. So they're going to have that. I mean, so it's not going to be a cakewalk for Brandywine, but if they just be themselves, yep. keep and, doing and what they've been doing. And that's another thing. Throughout the year, we've been sending messages. You beat Niles. You lose in a close one to a top-rated team, you know, in Detroit. You beat Edwardsburg. You beat Edwardsburg. You beat Lake. You beat Lakeshore. Shore. You beat uh, um, Benton Harbor. That sent – Waves across the state, you got to believe. Then you go up and beat Jackson, Jackson and Christie, who's a team that you may, may see, see. I think not till the finals. Is okay, what we looked at. So, other schools have got to be looking at that. Like, okay, we're gonna, you know, Nate yeah. talked to some people, some coaches that we played last year and this year, and they were like, before they even game started, they were like, we're in trouble. You know, they were already intimidated as coaches. Yeah. So. And that that's factor's the, going on, which is good. That's what we want. That's the beautiful thing about basketball versus football to where you can really amp up your strength of schedule during the regular season. You're getting in the playoffs yeah. no matter what. So th- even though sometimes it might be better um, to play a Division One or Division Two skew, and you may even get whacked by 20 points, but that's going to do you a lot better good than blowing out a Division Four team, you know, that's got six kids in the program by 50. Yeah. You, you look know. at Brandywine's last five games, I think it was, four games. Nate predicted that we could be anywhere from undefeated in those games to maybe only winning one of them, mm-hmm. you know, and that was against, I think, Dowajak probably. And we came through in five and one in those or something like that. And uh, the one team I thought we might beat, we actually lost to Portage Central in, in a game that their, their kid just shot the lights out. Yeah. You know, and that's what you're afraid of when you face a team like we did in the quarterfinals last year. They're, they had a couple kids that shot the lights out, but we found a way to win. Yep. So, yeah, it's – it's Mar- they call it March Madness for a reason. Absolutely. So, let's hope March Madness is in our favor, though. So, yeah, l- let's talk about it. Um, two weeks ago, Benton Harbor comes into the Bobcat Den undefeated. They've already had one game under their belt up at Benton Harbor earlier in the season where right at the beginning – um, there was an altercation, you know, a Benton Harbor kid goes over and dunks over Jameer. Jameer kind of says something or maybe gives a little push. And then that kid starts jawing or and comes back and retaliates against Jameer. Jameer's brother, Jeremiah, ain't going to have any of that. So then Jeremiah retaliates him and the Benton Harbor boy both get ejected. And then we also had, was Lindley out that we, there was another no. starter. Cause I think we only ended up playing that rest of that game with three of our five starters. That basically I thought, I thought, no, and I, I no, I think, okay. I think we had him. For some reason, I was thinking that we had another starter that was out or whether maybe he got in foul trouble or I don't remember. But there, it was a close game for the first three quarters, and then Benton Harbor just kind of pulled away. Then the fourth quarter, I think, won by 12 or so, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. So then they come back, and they're, they're still undefeated, and they're doing their thing, and it's kind of going status quo. Next thing you know, they're up by 20. It was just You can just tell our kids were intimidated. Um, there was just no fire. And then Nate Knapp maybe had his best timeout that he's ever had in his coaching career. Because I, I was actually – I had the honor of PAing that night yeah. because Magic Mike was had to do wrestling duties, so I had to fill in for him. I had the best seat in the house, and I remember that timeout. I, I couldn't see because it was so packed, but I could hear Nate, and I could hear what he was saying. 
and he was he called them out. He he called them out saying, "You're playing scared. You're being intimidated. You've got to take it to them." And after that timeout, I saw a switch, especially in two players, in Goins and Jeremiah Palmer. It was like a complete one eighty. Yeah. They just they turned it on, and then Byron Lindley. Gets his eye. It was like Rocky. He gets his eye. He gets a hard elbow or whatever. Gets his eye gashed. He's got to go in. He's got to get stitches. Comes out. He's got how he can still make jump shots because I'm sure his vision was nowhere near a hundred percent. You know, with with what happened with the swelling and all that, he's gutting it out. And we obviously we all know what happens. I mean, we're down by 20 points. We come back and we win that thing. But not just the game itself. Just the atmosphere I've never seen the place that packed I've never seen standing room only on the stage now I've seen it maybe a little bit before in the actual bleachers you know a lot of times when you get Edwardsburg or Niles to come over where you have communities yeah. that's normally when that place or, gets packed up yeah. you know but I've never seen standing room only up on the stage I mean, they turned, what, 1,000 people away at the door, with my wife and daughter included. My daughter's a teacher. My wife already paid for her ticket, and she, they both got turned away at the door. Um, and I was like, I can probably sneak you in the back. And my wife's like, I don't even want to – there's no place to sit. I don't even want to be – you know, so they just went home and watched it on TV. The, the last time that I remember us shutting the doors was River Valley, Brandywine, District Finals. Uh, and River Valley, I think, went on to win the state championship that year. It was Doug Fox's only year of coaching. And it was a Saturday afternoon. And, yeah, we, we were packed. We had to turn people away. That's the last time I remember that ever happening. And, yeah, it not only that, but it was so loud. Oh, oh my God. I've never heard it be that loud. You've, going back to the NIL days, RC would give you every now and then the the press pass to go to the Notre Dame games. And during that, one of the the luxuries of having that, not only being able to, to go watch the game in the press box, but with five minutes to go in the game, all media were allowed to go down on the field. I don't know. I'm sure you probably took advantage of that. And when you're down on the field in a big game and something electric happens, it's just that specific yeah. roar. That just it give it makes the hair stand up, you know, on the back of your neck. That's what that reminded me. That's what when I'm sitting there and when you talk about how loud, that's what initially I remember. I think it was Tyrone Willingham's first year when Michigan came in top ranked, and I think it was Shane Walton had like a pick six, and I was at the end of the game, and I was down on this, and I just remember the, where you just can't you can't hear anything, yeah. you can't hear anything, and it's just it, that 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 the loudness it's undescribable you have to experience it to really know what we're talking about to really you know when get we, it when we tied it up oh when and, jt hit that one then, three. Oh, geez and then when we took the, i just our student section I, everybody everybody fans, that entire it, it was it was it was it's it's what high school basketball is supposed to be about you know i talked to the news guys afterwards and and i said hey you guys picked a good one he says yeah this is a highlight of the year and speaking of that chuck freebie who, you know, long time at WNDU at Channel 16. Now he's with 46. Man, what a job they do. I mean, what a present, yeah. what a production that those guys have had with football. And, and they've done they've done two Brandywine. They've done a Brandywine football game. You know, Coach Kinsey got, he's good friends yeah. with Freebie. They've known each other from, you know, Justin South Bend days. So he got him to come up, lure him to come up and do a football game with us. And, I mean, just the production that they do. But then to come back and watch it, he, he's a, he does an amazing job. The, the sound good. doesn't do justice to how loud it was. Oh, no. Because, you know, obviously you have mics and stuff yes. that drown some of that out. But I mean, it doesn't do justice to how loud it was, but they did a fantastic job. You're right. I was the PA announcer, and in that last two minutes, I knew you couldn't even hear me. I just put, <laughs> I just set the microphone down. It's like there's no point of me even saying anything because you just you couldn't hear yeah. yourself think. It was it was unbelievable. Another thing, though, that really struck me and, and – talking specifically about that Benton Harbor team, without a doubt, the most talented team in the area, without without a doubt. I mean, just yeah. talent, pound for pound, talent-wise, they're way better. Their number five is a man against us. I mean, no, he, he he's just, like babies. he's like yeah. baby Zion. He yeah. looks exactly like – but, and I don't want to mention names because I know these are high school kids, but what really hit me, and I knew they were in trouble, was at halftime, that kid – instead of going right to the locker room, 
comes to the scores desk, and he informs Dennis Prinkert, who is our scoreboard guy, he informs him that he had his point total wrong on the scoreboard. And I'm like, I've never seen a high school kid do that. So, I mean, that obviously, that screams Uh, out individual to me. And then even what's even worse, his father was sitting two rows behind me, and he starts laughing. I can hear him talking. He just starts laughing about it. Ask ask RC3 (laughs) if that would have been him, and he would have asked how many points. You got my point total wrong, and I'm sitting there. He wouldn't be playing the second half. (laughs) I would have grabbed him by the neck and drug his ass into the locker room. I mean, so that just to see that I mean and that's and that's why they lost that 20 point lead because they that's a team of individuals. And you it saw that com- when we kind of made that run, they put up three or four shots during that time and like thank you because we came down and, and and scored on like two or three out of four of them. And it's like thanks for letting us back yeah. in the game. Yep, you know? for sure. But then we, but then we stepped it up. Oh. Nyland going, Co- Coach Knapp told oh. the story. He said, he he got on Nyland. He says, Nyland, you're you're one of the best players in this team, and you got one point right now. Yep. And Nyland, his explosiveness he, just to get oh, to the lane for the. I mean, yeah. it's he's got that extra gear, that just that little extra yep. burst he's, that gets he, him up. Because when you see him drive in, you're like, oh crap! But then he just he. Again, I talk about him. He's a baller. It's unbelievable. He's just a baller. That's that's the term for it. Yeah, I mean, now. it's kind of like when you talk about like Devin Hester, where in turning kicks, I mean, he just yeah. once he sees that hole, his explosiveness to get through it, and then he's yeah. gone. That's how Nylon is. It, mean, that's Hall what, of Famer Devin Hester. Yes. yes, yes. So, but I mean, that's for another podcast. Wow, what a what a night that was. I mean, honestly, it's the best basketball game. Other than but when, I mean, I, when I, mean, I was in high school, we had some good teams, you know. And that's it reminded me of those days, which I love for our kids. You know, I got to be part of the homecoming stuff there on Thursday and then part of the, the, the crowd that came in. And I love, love to be that rah-rah because I, high school, you know, just that whole experience, that's why I think I became a teacher and a coach, to give kids those kinds of experiences. And if you weren't there that Friday night, and if you don't – jump on the bandwagon and go to these district games and, and follow both the boys and the girls, you're missing out on a lot of fun because it's it's a good time. It's a good time to support them. Yeah, it was – I mean, how much – I guess my question to you and to anybody was, I mean, even winning a state championship, would it even been – I think that has its own – what we witnessed that night, just when you factor everything in and the entire both – how packed that was and how intense the game was. I don't even think winning state could, I would obviously equal that, but I don't think it could supersede what we witnessed that right, night. I right. really don't. I, I'm, I think you're right. I, that's, that was a very, very, especially, you know. The emotion of it. The, I guess that's we, where. We end up tying for the conference championship because yes. of that. And we get that win. We should have got it last year, but, and the kids remembered that, you know. The other crazy, our our kids are good friends with a lot of yes. our kids. Which, they've got a lot of history. I mean, they played they clear play, back down in when you coached them in, yeah, in middle school. Yep. Yeah. Um, but also, they've played baseball with them in the summer and stuff like that. So they kind of have some friends over there too. So, which I I've kind of forgotten. I was talking to a couple of the, the guys uh, after the, we lost to them over there and and about the whole situation and and. Uh, they said, "Yeah, you know, we're we're friends. We, we you know, it, it is what it is." So, and I will yeah, give that, Benton Harbor credit because then after, and I didn't see this until I watched the the replay of the game on Channel Forty Six. Um, I got to give the the Benton Harbor players credit because then after the game was over, they were good sports. There was no, there was yeah. nothing because a lot of time they're not used to things like that. So you're always used to something bad happening. Nothing. Nothing. Everybody was well behaved that yeah. night on both on both sides. I don't want to just and point they kind of waited for our kids because our kids did celebrate a little yep. bit, and our kids got smart. And most of them went through the line. Some of them just were so elated it was hard for them. Yeah. So But uh, yeah, they showed respect. I think both teams. But going back to the whole, the individualism, I think th- things like that, I think might hurt them come Friday night, or even maybe tonight with Lakeshore. Who yeah. knows? You know, but Niles I got think, them last year, and they had a really good team. Yes, so I think 
I, I just, I don't know. I got a good feel. I think that Niles just might do it. I yeah. really do. I, I really think so. So, um, but again, um, Brandywine, first things first. It's right now. It's Buchanan. It yep. is. It is Buchanan Bucks, and that's all you're focusing on. It's your arch rival, and I think it's best that it is that way. You know, I mean, would you wish that that Buchanan had a little bit better of a squad this year? Yes. Um, again, no disrespect towards you know. The, it's just it is what it is. It comes in cycles. When this senior, and it's going to flip flop. There's yeah. going to be, you know, very down the road. You know, Buchanan's going to have an elite team, and we're going to be yeah. down. I mean, it just it, it happens. happens. It's the yeah. cycle of of athletics, athletics and kids in, yeah. in any sport. So you, you you talk about Buchanan, and when these kids, the senior class was in eighth grade, and we beat Buchanan over at Buchanan, and I looked at the kids and I said, "You guys got to promise me one thing: don't ever lose to Buchanan." You know, and they're all fired up about it. Yeah, we don't lose to the Bucks. Yeah, we don't. And unfortunately, the district game bring up bad stuff you know and they did you know that that's their only blemish against Buchanan and these kids remember that and, and they're they don't want to lose against the Bucks. you know it's so that's you can say that maybe we're not fired up no we're fired up for Buchanan we we always will be that's just the way it is so and then of course Lady Cats um, last night they get a big win they go up and beat uh, Loy Norks another you know division one team um they finish tomorrow night with senior night for wrap up their regular season. We finally get to host a tournament again. It's been a while. Is it was the regional it, the, game? That's what I was going to think. Thinking. When, I don't when, know why the boys have not got a chance to. That's when we had the big showdown with Goebbels, and yeah. all the Goebbels people were all like, "Oh, I can't believe a place like how how can we how can this school host a region?" I remember the the, the snobbiness. Oh my goodness! And for us to lay the smack down on the Lady Tigers of Goebbels, man, that was <laughs> that was. Between that and, and probably the one game when uh, when Lakeshore wasn't bad with uh, small, <laughs> and uh, she was not happy at all. Yeah. In fact, they wouldn't even because I think we won conference or something, and she didn't even keep the f- team out there when Brandywine got. Well, no, it was for the district championship. I thought that one year. Again, not again. Yes, I think it for if I remember right. This no, it couldn't have been. For, we wouldn't have yeah, been in the same, same district. district yeah. But for some reason, our girls got. Re- had like a presentation after the game and the Lakeshore player her she took her team and just left and showed there was very lack of respect. Yeah. And I remember I remember Josh that really Josh remembers things. Josh like remembered that. that a lot. But Talk about um, elephants having a memory. Jeez, he he has a memory. But yeah, so we're going we're going to be home um which is awesome. And again, I think that's gonna be a tough week for Josh because I think these teenagers, even though they're they're that's a solid, solid group. But then again, as a coach, you got to keep them focused and not take things for granted. You know, yeah. a that you're home and the teams that you're playing with, you're going to be heavily favored against. Um, you know, so it, it's you, you Josh got, and his, you and got his the staff Bucks in that district. You know, yeah. you, and, and they've you, been down. I mean, I don't know what's happened. I, I think know they've the, got a couple injuries. A couple I know the Carson sickness. girl got hurt. Yeah. Um, you know, right now it's kind of been pretty much Labrie. Has been she's, kind of, and she can only do good. so much, you know. I mean, but you can't single handedly. I mean, especially against a team like the Lady Cats. But um, you know, reflecting back on on the girls' season this year, I mean, highlighted by Ellie Knapp, our one of our two seniors, along with Cadence Brummett. Um, you know, Ellie obviously eclipsed the a thousand point mark, and she's still adding to that. Yeah. Um, so that was a special time, and um, Cadence was playing so well for so long, and then she got a big. Uh, um, blister on her foot and I think that's affected her I mean she's still doing fantastic I mean but she was at a higher level about three weeks ago and hopefully that that blister heals up a little bit more and you're going to see that as the tournament carries on because uh, she she was playing like wow lights out lights out and the freshman that has stepped in there uh, um, you know what I'm talking Gil. about Gil yeah she she has done such a great job defensively with her quickness out there. She's got a beautiful jump shot. Yep. Along yep. with the other, who's the other young girl? The um, the other f- young freshman. She got in a lot in that Benton Harbor game. The it, Price girl. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness, does she have a beautiful jump yep. shot? I mean, it's like textbook and, with, and, with and, the form. And even the sophomore. Um, um, God, I told you I'm so bad with names. That's why I write them down all the time. She ran cross country and she's going to run track for me. Uh, her brother played for. And her sister played for Josh. 
put me on the spot. Sophomore, right I'll look it up. Um, but anyways, th- they've really stepped up. Go keep talking about something. I'm going to look at something. No, I'm just going to put you on the gonna spot. Gonna put me here. On I'm going to put you on okay. the spot. Carly Bird. Oh, okay, yeah. Carly Bird is, you know, she gets in there and, and just her defense is great. And both Carly and and and, and the other one are. Their offense is stepping up. They're getting more confidence in offense. I got to go back to the boys. There's, there's something I wanted to bring up. J.T. Smith, the last four ball games, man, is he, you know, he has stepped up. Were, were you at the last game? No, I was senior not. Senior night? No. Did you hear about that game? No. I heard about the, the I, Jackson Lumen Christie game, but I did not hear okay. about that I one. think J.T. set a record for dunks in a row. Oh, really? Four straight possessions he had a dunk. Four straight he come down and just – he had five dunks, I think, in that game. I think he ended up with 24 points. He's learning how to play the correct defense, you know, as the year has gone on, and he's getting more and more confidence. He was a big big reason we beat Benton Harbor. He scored 10 points against Benton Harbor and hit that three and hit – hit. I don't know how he hit that one layup, over, you know, to tie it, I think it was. But he is stepping up. And, and that's what you need as the season goes on, and, and that's what we're seeing. And you talk about – the, the the other the price girl who you know all three of these young girls that you're talking about have such great speed and athleticism that uh, uh, they're they're going to be around for a while and Josh isn't losing a lot but um, and hopefully I'm gaining a lot in track <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean and you and you look at Josh's stat I mean he's only he's two seniors granted two huge, two seniors. huge seniors I mean it's yeah. really big but I mean he's still got a very strong nucleus nucleus. Of, yes, of uh, of juniors. That yeah. I mean, next year's senior class is going to be very dominant as well. Um, Miley's played her best basketball. Yes, I've been talking to her dad. She's really turned it on. I mean, she's scoring. She's yep. you know a lot of times you know that as I was talking about Michael Palmer earlier. That's the exact same with Miley. Miley's Miley's job in this team is not to score. You know. 12 to 20 points and I heard is to bring the ball down facilitate and play defense that's what she that's you know what she does and she's the best at that's what she's the best on the team at doing that but here lately she's putting the points in yeah in her press she's getting a lot of steals and a lot of layups and things like that Ellie Knapp actually she's been more of that disher and and feeder a lot lately and not maybe scoring as much as she's capable of because she just she has thrown so many fantastic passes that every time I see it, I'm like, you don't see girls do that. You know, you know, girls' game is a little bit different. You don't see a girl that can do that. You don't. She she's done some fantastic things. Yeah. So I'm trying to I'm actually pulling up the girls. Otis has been hitting some threes. Uh, Adeline has Adel- been man. I mean, I honestly, I I have to say, no disrespect to Ellie, but I think when you go behind the arc, I think. Oh. Adeline's our, our biggest three-point threat, yeah. without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, she she reminds me a lot of Emily Irwin. And, and our JV team, I think, uh, the varsity could have been undefeated. I think well, they got that one loss, and that was a night Josh wasn't there. No disrespect to the assistant coaches, but you know the girls play. That place was so dead. Josh, I think, would have brought a little bit more energy. Maybe some things would have been different. Although that team, I think, was it Lakeshore they just beat? Like 12 points the other night, I think. Um, Vicksburg, I think, beat Lakeshore, who's had a fantastic year. Vicksburg, obviously, the Lady Cats only loss, only blemish on the year. Yeah, yeah. But our, our JV girls are undefeated, and, and uh, Josh's sister has done a fantastic job with them and, and teaching them what he expects on the varsity level. And not to go back, balance it back and forth to the boys and taking away from the girls, but, I mean – uh, Casey Udell's JV team this year, the boys, that's one of the stronger yeah. boys' JV teams I've seen. And that's just when you're at a school at the size of us, you know, you're, normally your your JV's just you're not going to be competitive because normally anybody that's up. got su- substantial talent, they're going to be pulled up in a, in a school the size of Brandywine. Um, but this year he's got a solid squad. They've actually been, when you come to the games – you actually like want to show up a little early to watch yeah. some of the JV kids. Well, the best freshman and sophomore in the program are on the varsity. Yeah. So, so when we, going back to the girls looking at their district, which they're hosting, um, that'll be next week, and uh, on the on Monday it's going to be Bridgman and Constantine. Um, both team, Bridgman twelve and eight Constantine. Man, what's happened to them? They used to be a pretty. They're four and seventeen going into that tournament. 
at least that's what their record is now. And then the other side, it's going to be White Pigeon and taking on Buchanan. White Pigeon right now seventeen and three. So the winner of that one, I, on paper, you want to say you want to think that White Pigeon um, may have it over the Lady Bucks, especially if if Buchanan is still you yeah, know they don't know where if they're, they're at, still right? hit with that injury bug with some of them girls that are out. So you're looking at probably. I'm, I'm wanting to say the district championship might be that semifinal game between us and White Pigeon um, next Wednesday at Brandywine. Then obviously the championship will be um, next Friday night. But that, that's I'm, I'm just glad that we finally get to host a tournament. Yeah. So. Yep. Dave Seidenbender isn't, but oh, absolutely, yes. <laughs> that's, He's takes I mean, a lot of work and a lot of volunteers. That is that is definitely a big headache for the old. No, he he loves it though. I mean, he he'd do anything for our, our coaches yes. and our programs. He does he does he does uh, such an amazing job. And um, you know, as I said on my podcast, you know, when when Vance retired, um, it's not that I didn't think that Dave would be a good. I just never even thought of him as being a candidate, or even I never even thought about him. He kept it pretty low key, like yeah. him ever wanting. He never taught. I mean, I coached baseball with him for years. He never talked about, hey, one year I'd like to be. Well, and originally that was going to be a, a two-part job, and luckily they were smart enough to take the other part away, yeah. which is CTE director. And but he's the, been able to be just athletic director, which is that's a job in itself. Yes, it is. And he's, he's taking the bull by the horns. He's doing a great, unbelievable job. And I think what really meant the most to me um, from a broadcasting standpoint is normally like when we have an away game, I always contact the opposing athletic director. Say, hey, this is you know this is Rob from RC Sportscasting. Terry and I, uh, Terry Bohr and I, will be coming up to do the football game tonight. You know, reserving basically letting them know that we would be coming to it's make sure spot. that there was a spot for us in the press box. I don't know how many times that I would make that phone call. Oh yeah, your AD already called and told us you were coming. No other athletic director's ever done that no. for me, and I never asked Dave to do that. Right. He just took the. I mean, that's when I said in that previous podcast all the little small details. That, that Dave does that nobody knows about, that's a prime example of what I'm talking yeah. about. He goes above and beyond and does all the little things that go a long way. Another major thing that's happened, too, is Brandy Lane's opened up the pocketbook a little bit more. And Dave is, is finding stuff for coaches. Yes. Which Vance, you know, he spent what they gave him. Right. He tried, I mean, Vance was a, a athletic or was a coach's athletic director. He, if you needed something, he'd find a way to get it for you. Dave is the same way, but Dave's been able to. They they're they're more willing to open up the pocketbook and and it because it, it look what it does for for kids, you know. So that that's been fantastic, and and Dave's done a fantastic job. Yes, he has. And another thing too that I give him props for is when you go into that gymnasium now, all the new banners. Yeah. What. I mean that the Bobcat Den looks so it, much nicer. I don't know if you noticed on the stage. All those are brand new pads. Yes. Oh yeah, so because I sat I sat up on one on one night and I got in trouble. But <laughs> he kind of politically correct asked me to like don't do that again. He didn't say that, but I, I read between the lines. Yeah. I'm like, sorry, Dave. Yeah, but no, he's uh, the the Bobcat Den is it looks phenomenal. It really, really does. And now when you have because before it was all those old velvet. <laughs> from the 60s I think and it just didn't look now it look I mean it just it looks really nice and then even I even like the the Hall of Fame yeah, banners that they have up, that yep. is that is awesome as well so um kudos to them I think that's going to wrap things up as we hit the 1 hour mark uh oh, it went quick Oh yeah time flies when when you're having fun and talking well, talking about the Bobcats talking easy. sports man yep. that's all we, yep. I mean and that's what this podcast is going to be about. We're not going to just be, um, you know, talking high school sports. I want to, you know, kind of a preview. I, one of the other podcasts that I do want to talk that I'm going to dedicate to is, and I'll do a little preview now. I'm not. I'm hoping to have it done here shortly because we're already getting away from the NFL season. I don't want to get too far away from it to where, um, obviously, nobody's going. But the whole Taylor Swift, you know, <laughs> effect of you know, the, yeah. I mean, the whole hoopla. And I really want – I mean, I I think it was great for football. And I know I'm probably in the minority to say that. Um, and, I, and I'm just going to say this real quick. But, I mean, it just blew me away that how so many people lost their mind and bitching and moaning and, and losing their mind over all the screenshots of her during the Kansas City games. And I'm like, when you really add it up, if you sat there and you – and I think some people did, like literally took a stopwatch every time and and – 
every time that they would do it, if I don't think it totaled any time more than 40 seconds. And there's so much downtime in a football game. Yes. But then you <laughs> look. with something. But I'm like, okay, but if you watch a Dallas Cowboy game, how many times are they going to show Jerry Jones in the box? Yeah. Or back in the, you know, or the, the New England. <laughs> or New England. How many times are they going to show Robert Kraft in the box? Or when you look at Tom Brady during his heyday, how many times was Genzel yeah. shown in the press box? Oh, but what it's done, though, what the whole Taylor thing is, and I'm just going to use my wife and my daughter as prime examples, it's brought their interest into football. And these stupid computers. But um, well, I, I, li- I watch the, or listen to the NASCAR channel a lot on my, on my uh, car radio, and uh, I was listening to somebody talking about it, and they're like, yeah, we need to find our Taylor Swift for NASCAR. You know, the other <laughs> right. sports are recognizing those things. If it can help our sport and get viewership up or listening, we're going to do it, you know, and that's. I saw a hilarious skit on TikTok. It was some, it was a Swiftier girl, and she gets on there, and then she's reversing it. She's like, I'm so sick and tired of all these Travis Kelsey shots at her concerts. You know, we don't want to, I mean, and, and at yeah. first it looked like she was being serious, and at the end she's like, See how ridiculous I sound, people. This is exactly. But going back to, you know, with using, like, with my wife, Trish, and my daughter, Taylor, for an example, it's gotten them where they were excited to watch a football game. The the weekend of the AFC Championship game, that was my wife's birthday. We actually were in Chicago, and she wanted to make sure that we got home in time to watch the game. I'm like, you just want to watch Travis. You know, I mean, and then, and that's another twist to it too. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's a lot of girl crushes now yep. on Travis Kelsey, but you know what? I don't, I mean, or his brother with his shirt off up in the, <laughs> <laughs> or with the Ray Mysterio mask at the after party. That was hilarious. But I mean, I just think, I think it's great. I, I think it's been great for football. I'm, I'm one of the minority that I'm not losing my mind seeing the, the, the individual little three to five second shots of Taylor in a, in a press booth in a suite. Well, I don't know if you've seen some of this, but uh, some of the Kansas City players are getting uh, backlash for celebrating after the celebration, after what happened Yeah, at celebration, which is, you know, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right. But they deserved what they just went through. Obviously, they felt bad for what happened, and they've expressed that. Yeah. But uh, but the thing, I mean, not to come to their defense, as it comes to find out, that wasn't to where it wasn't a that that turned out to be. It wasn't a matter of somebody showed up there using the Kansas City Chiefs right. celebration for their venue to commit mass murder. This started out as just it was two people in a confrontation, and that that, that right resulted right. in gunfire. Yeah. Where you know. I think it would have been totally different if it was your typical shooter situation to where some psycho shows up right. and using that to their advantage to commit mass like murder. The and then in if Las you, Vegas and and so if, yeah. if thank God that wasn't the case, but if it did and then you saw Kansas City still like having celebrated, then that's a whole different conversation yeah. to have. Yeah. But that wasn't this was a simple matter of it was a it was just a, a confrontation that started out between two people, and then. But did you see the one like aerial shot of when actually when the gunshots went off to see the people? Yeah. I mean, it was like it I was, kept watching, trying to figure out what's going on. What you know, and is this what? We're, yeah, it was yeah. crazy. It was very crazy. very sad. I mean, I, even though your, your heart bleeds for the family the, of the victim that was mur- you know, that lost her life, but. You know, it, it was just one. I mean, yeah. and that doesn't take away from anything. But yeah. uh, you know, it could have been so much worse. I mean, we could be talking hundreds, you know, of people dying, and and it's, but yet still, one person lost their life that they didn't have to, and completely uncalled for, and completely innocent bystander lost her life, and that's that's tragic. So, but hey, um, yeah, let's get more positive stuff. Sorry. Yes, <laughs> let's let's go. Let's finish this thing off. We want to wish the best to all of our area teams. You know, in basketball. And uh, hopefully, maybe we can get some of these coaches uh, with some phone interviews. I don't, I don't like talking to them, you know, like having interrupting their product to get them over here. Maybe I even thought about just doing a kind of surprise phone call, like if I knew Nate was on the bus and to see if he would answer and just kind of that way. Then I, then I got him, yeah. you know. But I don't want to, you know, being a coach myself, you know, game days, man. You, you, a lot of times, you just want to be left alone. You got to get in the zone. You got to get focused. I so, know where Josh is most game days. I won't say it on the radio though. So. 
you know, one of the things that I re- remember about Josh that blew me, that I've never to show how dedicated he was when we had some like regional games where we we did a little bit of a far we had a little bit of a road trip. He would allow me um, and Derek to ride the on the school bus, mm-hmm. the team bus with them, and here we are. He's watching game film. I mean, he's and oh, then yeah. he's not only is he sitting here, he's watching game film on his phone. He would then have each girl come up. This was like like in 2016, like with Emily Irwin and the um, Hardline Twins. I think he Twins knows the other team's plays better than he their, would bring them up one by one and have like a then like have a little individual s- film session one on one with with all the all of his players on his phone. That's why when you watch his games and you hear him talking all the time, it's because he knows what the other team's yes. going to do before. They do. Yeah. So he's trying to make sure his girls are in the right position. And if they're not, he's yelling at them to be in the right position. He's not – he's coaching them. He's not yelling at them. He's coaching them. He, he is Some definitely – Some people don't un- always understand that, especially no. when their their kids are younger. And they, they're get, you know, their kids aren't used to getting yelled at. The preparation that yeah. he does is like it's – I mean, you're you're at a Peyton Manning level. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to. No, he's. But it, it's that it's that insane. I, I told you he's got a memory like a, an elephant. He just that's one one area that I, I have trouble. I don't have that kind of memory. Like Nate, Nate even has it too. Nate will start describing a play that happened here and here, and I'm like, Yeah, oh boy. Mike Nate, Mike Nate was that. that same way too. Mike yeah. Nate could recall. So I'm like, dude, I don't even remember what happened in the second <laughs> quarter of this game. Let alone we're talking about a yeah. game that was three years ago. And I mean, he. It's amazing how some of those things stand yeah. out. So, But once again, best of luck um, to all of our area basketball teams with Brandywine um, and Niles and Buchanan. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll have another podcast. Buchanan, not of, as much. but um. <laughs> Well, you know, we still got to be fair, you know. But um, our, we'll, we'll have another podcast. We'll, we'll be kind of – obviously these next few podcasts that we're going to be doing will be pretty much centered around high school basketball. And um, we'll probably try to squeeze some other – like I said, I, I do want to dedicate – um, a podcast here in the very near future about the whole Taylor thing. Um, I got another one, me being a big Bears fan, I, I got to have before everything goes down. I'm hoping to do it before because I think, I think the first domino is about to fall and what's going to happen with the Bears and, and the quarterback situation. I think the first domino is going to fall like next week. So, But I'd like, you know, the whole Caleb versus Justin dynamic and all yeah, that. I think that's interesting. Yeah. You know where the draft is, don't you? No, the draft I is in Detroit. Oh, I thought it was in Indy this year. No, no it's, it's in Detroit. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. That's going to be interesting. Wow. Until then, we want to thank you again uh, for listening. Terry, thank you. And uh, we thank will see you. you next right here on the RC Total Sports Podcast. Talk to you later.